Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. So good to be with you. Week number two of our series called Revival Starts Within. And uh, we are talking about the ways and rhythms of being a person who longs for more of God. And I'm hopeful that we have a church of people uh, who long for more of God. That's kind of the idea in our life with Jesus is that we haven't ever arrived. We always are desiring for more of him because we know that that is ultimately where life is found, where goodness is found. And so today I want to talk about something that I believe is one of the great struggles of our generation and our time. I want to talk about something that I believe uh, is something that when you talk about ways and rhythms are very, very, um, is a very, very difficult thing to overcome in order to live into the things that perhaps we want to live into. I want to talk about our inner and our outer struggles of feeling hurried in life, being busy in life, and that nagging sense that you always have something else to do. Are you with me? Does anybody feel this in your life? Anyone ever feel busy in your life? Just give me a head nod, holler, something, right? Yeah, I believe within most of us is this feeling within us that we would at least say we desire and we have a longing uh, within us that's actually crying out to slow down in life. Uh, I, so I want to talk about a few things about a slowed down spirituality. To get this thing rolling, I want to show you the image that I showed you last week. Last week, if you were with us, I went through this one thought at a time. Today, you just get to take it all in in one glance. But inside of each and every human being, there is a heart and soul that longs for more, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. And inside of that, there are ways and rhythms that we start to learn to live into. And one of those is understanding that there has to be a slowed down spirituality to our life. And there's a heart and soul that not only longs for more of him, but as we want more of his spirit, more of his love, we find that these ways and rhythms actually not only slow us down in life, but more importantly, they fill us up with something. They fill us up with what we really need, although the world often tells us we need to fill up with other things. Let me ask you, have you ever went to the gas station to fill up your car, but you've been in a hurry? And so you weren't willing to wait for the $42 fill up, and so you went and said, I'm just gonna get what I need, and you filled it up to $8.01 because you were in a hurry and you over-squeezed. You know what I'm saying? And so you got the 801, and you get back in your car, and you rush off. Anybody ever done that where you're like, I don't have time to fill it up? Anybody with me? Wow. A lot of you are very patient, apparently. Some of you are with me in that. And this is very, very true. Of this. This, is like, this is like the spiritual, um, if you will, really picture for us. A lot of us are filling up with just enough to keep going to keep pressing through. So we live on a quarter tank. Sometimes we're living on fumes and we're going through life and we're filling up, if you want to use sort of the spiritual language, we're filling up spiritually with just enough to get through and we don't, real, and we, we don't realize that all this hurrying isn't actually getting anything, any, any more things done. All it's really doing is creating unhealthy ways and rhythms in our life. So I want to ask a deeper question as we kind of dive into this subject. But I wonder how many of us in this room would say, um, if I really said, dig deep and ask yourself this question, do you feel like you're missing it? Do you feel like you're missing it? What do I mean by that? What is it? Well, like you're, you're paying attention to something, but you feel like there's a larger, bigger picture that you should be paying attention to. 
like you're totally in on, you got your head down on something, but you're like, but I feel like there's something bigger that I'm sort of missing because of all this attention I'm giving right here. I had lunch, it was in Midtown here in OKC, maybe a, it was a couple years ago, and I watched this guy and he's looking at his phone, right? And he's walking and texting, which is now the new thing, right? And he's walking and texting and he steps out in the road, literally in front of a car, the car hits him, he's spread eagle on the hood of the car, he's okay, he's fine, right? But this is what, he, this is, what this is like a normal thing now, you know, like pe- this is like the new thing, walking and texting, there's actually a, a, uh, um, there's actually a town just outside of San Francisco that put this sign up, and this sign just says, heads up, cross the street, then update Facebook. You know what I mean? Like there's this, there's this reality that people are actually being injured and even killed, fatalities from people putting their head down, not paying attention to what's going on around them. And it's sometimes I feel like for a lot of us, if we're being really true and honest, there's something that we're missing, missing. And if I said, are you missing it? You'd say, I, I, I'm not quite sure, but maybe. And I feel like there's a lot of that going on within us that maybe we're missing out on what's important because we're so busy giving ourselves to the things that are less important. Or perhaps you feel like you're missing out on this greater purpose or maybe this grander wonder of the world because you are feeling exhausted and overcommitted in your life. I don't know if you're there, but I do feel like a lot of us are missing it and it feels like we're driving through life at a fast pace and we're seeing everything. We never had the experience of getting out and walking you know what I mean, walking through life, being able to have the opportunity to stop and smell the roses, right? I, I shared a, f- a few weeks ago that I had the opportunity to travel to Prague, Czech Republic, and that's one of those cities you've got to walk. You can't drive through it. It's like this amazing city. You gotta, I, walked, I logged 23 miles in the two days I was in Prague. That's legit. I'm just saying. And the, very, the, the, the walk ended, I didn't intentionally do this, but I just found myself, we walked to the top of this hill overlooking the city, and this hill had become like a city park, and I kid you not, this is the very last evening of my trip there, I was about to head back to the hotel, and we get to the top of this hill, and there's a rose garden. I literally got to stop and smell the roses. It was unbelievable. I walked through this city, ending with smelling the roses. Come on. And so I, I, I think for so many of us, what happens is we are driving through life whenever God's saying, there are seasons and times when I am letting you walk and I want you to walk. When we planted this church, I, when I bring people up here to tell the story at the very beginning of this church and I'd share the vision, I didn't want to just drive down 23rd and say, oh, it's going to be amazing. We would pull over and we'd walk the community. And we would walk in and we would talk about it because I felt like the walk was so important to feeling what was really going on. In those days, the aroma was more like dead cats rather than smelling the roses. But nonetheless, even in the midst of walking and experiencing and feeling need and feeling the lack thereof, whenever you feel that, it moves the heart, doesn't it? Even if it's need or even if it's pleasure. My point is something, my point in this is I, I, feel like, I feel like I wonder if we're missing it because many of us are moving too fast. I want to read a passage that you're likely, likely familiar with, Genesis 2, verse, verses 1 and 2. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed on all of their vast array, and by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested 
from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because, because on it he rested from all the work he was cre- that, uh, of all the work of creating that he had done. So many of us understand that God established this rhythm within creation itself. We've heard this before. This later becomes known as the Sabbath, the seventh day, making it holy. But God establishes not only for himself, but for us, this rhythm of work and rest. And I think for a lot of us, that's something that we've maybe aspired to, or we sort of feel like we're kind of doing because we have days off. But I just want to do a quick measure in the room because I think it's important. I feel like we need to feel some unity today around this subject because I don't know if you've ever been in the conversation when someone says, whenever they say, hey, how are you doing? And then they go, oh man, it's just been busy. And I don't know if you ever feel like, well, yeah, you don't understand. I've been busier, right? Like there's like this one up kind of who's the busiest and we like to wear our badges of busyness. I don't know if you're with me on that, but nonetheless, we're going to feel unity in this. Um, I have a few questions. These are yes or no questions. You can buy yes. You guys aren't very verbal today, so I'm going to let you silently raise your hands because apparently that's what you need to do today. You can raise your hand to a yes, and you can sit there with your hands in your lap as a no. But the thing is, is that you're here, so you might as well participate. All right? Um, so do you, here's a yes or no question. Raise your hand if it says yes. Do you live with the daily sense that there's not enough time to get everything done? Anybody? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, here's another one. Do you ever pull up to a red light and try to move it to the shorter lane because it has one less car? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Um, do you ever text people back while talking on the phone to another person? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever watch TV and at the same time scroll social media <laughs> because you need your mind to be consumed by more than one thing at a time for some reason? And do you ever, ever struggle to say no to things even though you are already busy enough? Yeah, you can't even say no to that one. You had to say yes. And so how many, uh, here's the thing. If you've ever had a to-do list, I remember the days when my to-do list was something that at the end of the week, I would actually cross everything off and I would feel like accomplished and the week is over. Today, my to-do list is a living document. You know what I mean? It's always staring at me. It never is finished. One task gets done, it produces two more. Is anybody with me? And so here's what's going on is busyness is a way of life. For us. If we're talking about the ways and the rhythms we live within, busyness has become a way of life for us. It's just a reality. And since this series, if you will, is about ways and rhythms of people who long for more, well, we must ask, is being busy at odds with Jesus? Is being a busy person actually counterproductive to being a person of Jesus? This is a really important question because I think for a lot of people, we feel like it is. We actually feel a little bit like when we think about our spiritual life, we think, oh man, the busyness is, of everything going on is really robbing my soul. Is kind of how we see it. And so we read scriptures like be still, be silent, get rest, enter into rest. And we think this, that those verses mean that we need to create rest from busyness, don't we? And so what we do is we think, oh, well, I got to get a day off. I got I to gotta, I gotta find time to take time off. I need to go, you know, take a vacay. So let's, you know, book an Airbnb in Portlandia. Hashtag Portland is so trendy. You know what I mean? I don't know. We do this sort of thing like that or we say, I need a Netflix day. I just need to veg out. And, the, and here's the thing. I just don't believe that when God made a rhythm of work and rest, that that's what he meant. 
I don't think he meant give yourself a day of vegging out. I don't think he meant go, go on another vacation because that's what's gonna feed your soul. I actually believe God had something else to say about rest than the way we've made rest look in our life. Now are you with me? Because I think for so many of us, we live a busy life and we long for the days off. We look for the days off. We establish the days off, but the days off are not for us and the Lord. They're just for us. And so is that what God really designed when he talks about ways and rhythms of people who long for more? Well, next week, I'm going to talk about the biblical idea of Sabbath and solitude. Um, but today, I want to wrestle with what controls the ways and the rhythms of our lives. So don't be confused. This message is actually not about busyness. I even know that's all I've talked about for the last 10 minutes. This message is actually about the ways and rhythms of your life. And if I were going to talk about the ways and rhythms, if we're going to do this, we obviously do have to talk about busyness, but that's not, what, that's not what the heart of this message is about. We have to talk about busyness because it does dominate most of our rhythms. So is it at odds with Jesus? Well, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus because Jesus was busy just like you. He just, has, he just had ways and rhythms that were not like you. <laughs> Jesus was busy just like the rest of us. He never modeled a life that wasn't busy. In case you've ever read the scriptures, does it seem like people are always wanting more from Jesus? Does it seem like people are always demanding Jesus to do more? Was he always in high demand? You know, if you've ever felt like, man, I'm a very busy person, I get so many texts and emails, and I can't get back to all of them. Guess what Jesus says to that? He's like, I totally get that. <laughs> I totally get that. I totally get being more busy than I could ever do anything with my time. I don't have enough time to do all that needs to be done. So in Mark chapter 6, there's this really cool story. Uh, you can open your Bible if you want to there, but I'm going to skip around on a few different verses that will be on the, screen and I'll, on the screen. And I'll start in verse number 7. Um, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples, and he sends them to go do ministry uh, and from village to village is what it says. So in verse seven, it says, he began to send them out two by two and he gave them authority. Now this is really important. We're not getting into this too much today, but it's really important that he gives the disciples authority in this moment. They can now go do ministry at a much more powerful, they have more of God in them, right? That's what's about to happen. And so skip down to verse 12 and this is what they did. They went out and preached that people should repent. So they're preaching the gospel. They drove out demons Okay, now they have authority, right? And they anointed many sick people with oil and they healed them. They have the power of the Holy Spirit in them. They're healing people. So this is an incredible experience for the disciples. Going back to the image that I showed you where there's a heart and soul within us, it get, we get filled with more of God. Well, then more of God is actually what comes radiating out of us. What comes radiating out, of, radiating out of a lot of us right now is our busyness. Hey, how you doing? Busyness, 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 stress, stress. That's what radiates off a lot of us. But whenever we have the more of God in us that we're really seeking, something comes out of us, and this is what the disciples are experiencing in this moment. More of God comes out of them, and it looks like authority to overcome things like the demonic, to heal people. They're doing all sorts of crazy ministry, right? This is amazing. So right in the middle of the story, if you're reading in Mark 6, the very verse, the next verse in verse 14, tragedy strikes, tragedy strikes this community of disciples. One of their great friends John the Baptist is killed, he's executed, he's beheaded, and they have this reality that in spiritual breakthrough, right, in these great moments, boom, life will hit you in the face, 
and tragedy strikes and you hear that your parents are sick or you have a friend who you know, passed away or whatever the things are that we encounter, they're encountering it as well. They're doing life. They're breaking through. They're seeing new things. And then, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That happened too, and that hurts. And so in the midst of that, in the midst of breakthrough, in the midst of tragedy, you get to verse number 30, they return to Jesus. The apostles gathered around Jesus. They reported to him all that they had done and taught. So they just told him, you don't understand, Jesus. We went to all these villages, and it was just like bananas, right? We were seeing people saved. We were seeing people set free. We were seeing healing. We were seeing all this amazing stuff. And then because many, listen to this verse. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. <laughs> you ever had the days that it's like you're so busy you can't stop to eat? You know what I mean? You're so busy you can't stop. Today's one of those days I can't even do lunch. You know what I'm saying? This is where they're at. And so what does Jesus do? He says to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat. I guess that's reason for many of you to maybe potentially purchase a boat. I don't know. In a boat to a solitary place. So he gets them away. The disciples were busy. Their ministry was comparable to your work. They had high demands. Their lives had struggles in life and pain in life and relationships. In the middle of all that, Jesus, he pulled away. He had to. He's like, great work, fellas. Way to go. Now it's time to step into the rhythm that our Heavenly Father established for us in which we are going to get away and be alone and we're going to rest. And, you know, other scriptures teach all the time that Jesus observed the Sabbath. He just wasn't legalistic about it. We'll talk more about that next week. But so Jesus pulls them away by themselves for some time. And then in the very next verse, verse 34, when Jesus landed, now this is his boat landing. So his boat lands on the shore, presumably, by the way, the next day. He's not like, got in his boat, been in there for 30 minutes, and then landed his boat. This is like an overnight trip with his disciples to get away. The next day they land. They saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them so many things. So as soon as rest was over, they had more to do. They went back to work. See, busyness is not the problem here. Jesus had a life with plenty of demands, plenty of things pulling at him, but he also had rhythms of work and rest in his life that were more than just about healthy habits that you pick up at a conference when you go to work, that are more than just about, oh, go do something fun for yourself, that are more than just about getting days off and vacations, they were the ways that Jesus embodied, where he slowed down his life, that were more about the heart and soul and connecting with the Heavenly Father. They were more about those things than just slowing down. So I want you to catch something in what I just said. Busyness, busyness was not the enemy nor the problem. It's possible to be busy and full of God. I want you to listen to what uh, theologian A.W. Tozer writes. He says, the greatest enemy is not outside of us, it is within. 
It's the attitude of accepting things as they are. You see, many of us are missing this, but it's not because the enemy outside of us. It's not the demands of our world. It's not the 300 emails that you haven't yet replied to, although that's a lot. That's not the enemy. Busyness is what's happening, uh, isn't what's stopping us, excuse me, isn't what's stopping us from more of God. Whatever is stopping us is usually within us. For example, for example, let's just take, let's take me for example. I mean, it's, maybe, maybe my spiritual life isn't what I desire it to be. But nonetheless, I'm going forward. I go to church a few times a month. I try and pray when I can. I really want to be a good person. And I really, really hope to honor God with my life. And that's kind of my life. I'm just, what I just described in two short sentences there is most Christians. I go to church a few times a month. I try and pray when I can. And I really, really want to be a good person and honor God with my life. And so many people, that's good enough. We've accepted things as they are. Have you accepted things as they are? Is the question for you. Has busyness or has your life as it is, if you're a follower of Jesus, has it been like, yeah, I've, I've settled in. Like, it's good. It's good. Most of you know the story of the Israelites, right? I'm going to show you something. I'm going to draw something here on the screen. Hopefully this will come up and see it up. Yeah, there we go. And so I'm going to draw something. Um, we know the story of the Israelites. They go out of Egypt. You know, they're slaves. They leave Egypt. They, they have this... Exodus, if you will. And I'm going to show you visually how this plays out because I think this will help us today with our conversation, a little part of how the story works. Uh, I'm very good at um, drawing, so you, this should be exceptional. Um, I'm also very good at writing words sloppily. So Egypt and slaves, all right, they're in Egypt, and when they're in Egypt, they're slaves. So there's this section of life, right, where they're slaves. And then God says, I'm going to send Moses, and together with Moses, we're going to clean house, and we're going to have them leave Egypt, and I'm going to rescue my people. I'm actually going to save them from slavery, right? So these, they become a, a rescued people. They are now saved, and they, they begin to journey towards the promised land. That's really what's going on here. They begin to journey towards the promises that have been promised centuries before, and they encounter a season before they're actually able to enter the promise. It takes a year, a year for them to journey from Egypt towards the promised land. And they have this little pit stop at a little place called Mount, anybody? Sinai, but you know what? I'll just say Horeb because it's the same thing and I want to just throw you for just a second. But Mount Horeb, Mount Sinai, the same place. So they get there, and at this point, they begin to, you know, they kind of camp out. They build camp, and they stay there for a while, and they're basically kind of idling here at this mountain. Well, Moses goes on top of the mountain, and he has this ah, moment with God, right? He has this moment with God on top of the mountain, and he gets the Ten Commandments, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments, and he says, friends, this is the law. This is what it means to be a follower of, of God, to be God's people. This is how we are to live. This is how we are to treat one another. This is how we are to relate with our God. And everybody's like, oh, great. The law, yay, the law, right? And then God says something. He says, 
All right, it's time for you to do something. I'm going to read this. It comes in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6. And I think it'll flip back over. Yes, the Lord's our God said to us at Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, same place. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance to the hill country of the Amorites. Go, go to all the neighboring people, blah, 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 blah. Go to those people and to those people. And then in verse 8, it says, see, I've given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Go back to my drawing. Yes. So what he says to do, he says, I want you to leave this place and I have this land that's flowing with milk and honey and it's amazing and it's called the promised land. And he says, I want you to leave this place and I want you to go here, it's time to leave the mountain. It's time to leave that place. But what do the people do? If you know the story, the people, they go, I don't know, I'm a little afraid. And they actually go and they send spies and they look into the promised land and they're afraid of what they see because they don't know what's gonna happen. I just want you to know what's not promised about the promised land. Uh, what's not promised are no challenges or no fears or no steps of faith. Actually, within the promised land are sometimes the biggest fears you'll face and the biggest steps of faith you'll ever have to take happen within the promises of God. They were looking for the promises of God with no conflict and no fear. And so what they did instead is they stayed at the mountain and they did this thing where they started to just stay right here and circle this. But God said, break free of the camp you're in and head towards the promise. He's like, listen, I have rescued you. I've saved you. I've given you the law. Now I want to give you this. I want to give you the promises. And so this, is, this is so good for us, by the way. It's a little off subject, but this is so good for us today. So many Christians live as saved, rescued people. They encounter the ways and the, if you will, the law of the Lord and how to live for God. And then they stay right in this same spot and they never really enter the promises, do they? They find themselves living off of the law and who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. And Jesus, Jesus does something different, which we aren't gonna get into today, but he actually ushers us a life apart from the law, and one that is of grace, but nonetheless, one that lives under the law with the act of grace. God, though, when he does this thing, he's calling, he's calling these Israelites to break this is really good word of break, camp. So here's, here's what I know, here's what I know already. I want, you to, I want you to catch something that happens even in this picture. They chose to accept things as they were. There was more of God and more from God but they found themselves in a rut that was hard to break free from. Are you with me? They found themselves in a place that they didn't know how to get out of it and to go into something new. And spiritually speaking, this is so many of us, we've been rescued, we've been encountered the law, but yet we struggle to walk into the more of God. And this is why busyness is so important to this conversation because it's about our ways and rhythms, and for so long, we've used busyness as the scapegoat to, and, and, and as the enemy. We've used busyness as the scapegoat and the enemy long enough. We've used busyness as the reason we can't break free from camp. We're too busy over here circling 
whatever rut we're in. We've blamed everything that we lack on busyness. This goes way farther than spiritual things. We've blamed the relationship void we have on busyness. We've blamed the fact that our car is dirtier than we want it to be on busyness. And we have blamed all of our spiritual shortcomings on the reason that we're just too busy. Are you with me? For many, we've, expect, we've accepted the way things are as if we feel like we can't change these rhythms and these ways. And for some of us, they're not rhythm, rhythms and ways, better said, they're ruts that we found ourselves living in because we're too busy to change. There's no question that we should slow our lives down, but I also know there's no question that we can be busy and be full of God. There's no question that we need to stop and smell the roses in life, and sometimes we need to walk through life instead of drive through it. I get all those things. We need to take vacations. We need to get days off. We need to just veg out, whatever, but that is not the end of what God is calling us to. God goes over and over from the beginning it's been long enough. It's time to break camp. Jesus says, come away with me. Let's get quiet and get alone. In the beginning, God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh. It's not busyness that prevents us from slowing down. It's us. <laughs> it's us accepting the way things are and saying, I don't, think I can change, nor do I want to change. I'm going to keep running the same ruts over and over again. So if you feel overwhelmed or overworked or stressed or overcommitted or pulled in different directions, God is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I thought of that one. <laughs> I thought of that one. That's why I put a rhythm of work and rest in life. I thought of that one. Why don't you break free of the rut you're in and step into the ways of my son Jesus who always learned that he has to get away by himself, get alone, get rested, get prayed up and to be quiet and still before me. God keeps saying, I have something better. Why are you still wandering over there? Listen, friends, if you long for more of God, you have to change your ways and rhythms. And maybe a better way to say it for us today is if you actually want the work of spiritual transformation to take place in your life, it'll probably result in being transformed. <laughs> You'll actually change if you actually want it and go for it. Sometimes you have to change your rhythms in order to see and experience new things. You know, years ago when I'm I'm getting close to done, but years ago, uh, a couple years ago actually, we took a different driving route home from our trip to Colorado. We go to, we've been to Colorado many times over the years and we've always drove the same route. And if you've done the Denver area, you've done probably the same route. You go through Kansas, then you go straight west over to Denver. It's the quickest route. It's so fast, really. 10 hours and you're there. But it's the quickest route and so you always take it. Well, one year we had the crazy idea, what if we took a different route? What if we did something different and we went a different way and on this way it actually had a lot of things called two-lane roads. And there was a lot of 
A lot, it was, and here's the thing that was so crazy. It was a longer route for sure. And we always are looking to save time because what is time? Time is money. And just like we want to save money, we want to save time because time is a commodity. We've commoditized time, by the way, and we've made it something that we spend and that we save. Okay, that was a really good commentary on time. So, <laughs> nonetheless, um, we took this different route home. And what's so strange is I've only taken that route once, but I have so many memories in my mind about that trip, that trip, so much detail. And it was something interesting that when I took a new way, my senses were alerted and my eyes were able to see in a fresh way. And I think so many times God is just saying, this is that silly example is what I'm trying to say. God is like, I have a way for you that I can show you new things. I can alert your senses in new ways and I can give you more experiences that than just doing the same route over and over again. I want you to break camp. Now are you with me? I'm just hoping so, because I feel like this is good. Just kidding, it's okay. Um, so maybe you're like, okay, this is me. This is what I need to hear today. Maybe I am missing it. Um, maybe I'm missing what's available to, it, to me. And here's what I'd say. If it, maybe it's because you're too busy, or maybe it's because you're in a spiritual rut, or, and, and, or maybe, maybe it's something else but I want you to be paying attention to what's happening within you. That's what this is all about. Maybe you need to hear today, you've been here long enough. Maybe you need to hear, you've been doing the same thing long enough. Maybe you need to hear today, you've been using the excuse of busyness long enough. It's time to break, break camp. It's time to go and chase and do something new and enter into more of me. So today I want us to look in the mirror a little bit at our own lives and look at our own current rhythms, if you will, normal routines. Next week, like I said, will be kind of part two of this message. This subject is too big to get kind of try and land it all in one message. We'll talk about some of the rhythms we see in scriptures, as I mentioned, Sabbath and solitude, but some other ones as well. Uh, but I don't want to finish today without giving you some encouragement of how to really take what we're talking about today and, and put some practice to it. So specifically, I want to help you reflect, if you will, on what's happening within you as a person. So I have a few questions about your heart and soul today, um, reflection questions that maybe are areas of you're missing it. So you're missing it. These are reflection, reflection questions. Maybe you're missing it. The first one is simply this. Are you moving too fast? Are you moving too fast? And here's the thing. These are obviously, that question can be a yes, no, I get it. But the idea of reflection is, why is it yes or why is it no? Are you moving too fast? Yes. Well, why and how? Because maybe, maybe for you, you need to learn how to stop and smell the roses. You know, maybe you need to get out of moving too fast and slow down some things in your life. Second question is this. Do you fill your margin with just more activity? Meaning that the, the gaps you have in your life and the margin you do have, do you just fill it up with something else? Do you ever actually get still and get quiet? Most of us, by the way, can't handle more than just a few minutes of quiet. You know that, right? Try it. Go home and just say, how long can I handle it? <laughs> Most of us really truly get fidgety after a few minutes of quiet. Some of us after a few seconds of quiet. 
But are you filling your margin with more activity? Are you, as soon as you get some downtime, are you throwing on some Netflix? Are you searching the newest, freshest Russell Westbrook news? What are you doing in your margins? Do you know how to get still and get quiet? Third question, do you overuse busyness as an excuse? Maybe today we can just declare that busyness is not the enemy. Maybe it's within us. Maybe it's not outside of us. Because maybe for so many of us, we've just accepted the way things are. It's time to do something new. I believe God created his ways and these rhythms in life that allow us to actually be busy, yet live healthy, hospitable, generous lives. But it does require knowing how to slow down, knowing how to stop, knowing how to get rest and get quiet. And then the fourth question is this, are you living in ruts instead of rhythms? Because ruts expect nothing new, rhythms expect transformation. You get that, right? Ruts expect nothing new, rhythms expect transformation. And transformation creates a journey where God can do anything. And so what I would say about these four questions is, you know, most of us, we come to church, we think we can retain everything we hear. <laughs> you can't, right? So my, my, my suggestion would be that you write these questions down, you snap a picture right now, you do something to where you would actually reflect on these questions for some time this week. And I'll give you an example. I, I thought about these questions for my own self. You know, Jesus, of course, he says in chapter six, he says, come, get away with me, uh, get to a quiet place, get some rest, maybe perhaps, that's what you do this week. You come and get away with Jesus and you get some rest and you think through these questions and you actually ask yourself, what are the ways and rhythms my life look like? And I'm allowing busyness to be sort of the, the barometer of where I'm at with my life with Christ. But I gave these questions some thought and, and I thought I would share with you my answer to question number two, if that's all right. Because I want you to even hear like from me, like how I'm processing this, my own self. So the question number two is, do I fill my margin with more activity? I wrote my answer down. I'll read it to you. Do I fill my margin with more activity? Yes, God, I do this way too much. I realize that I struggle with my time to rest without the need to produce something else. My times where I should be resting often become a different type of work, whether it be housework, backburner projects, or filling empty space with unnecessary activity. God, I always feel like I have to be doing something that will get one more thing accomplished. There are many times I can't sit idly for five minutes without answering messages, reading articles, or thinking of someone that I should text. God, I don't allow myself to have the margin you want to give me to walk instead of drive. God, help me break free of the rut of doing, accomplishing, and producing. I want to be more present in the moment. I want to be aware of what's happening within me and around me. And I want to have the freedom to walk through my city and be able to stop and smell the roses. I want to find pleasure in what you are doing within and around me. So Lord, help me let go of this addiction to more activity and instead help me have a heart and soul that longs for more of you. That's real and that's me. I stand here as a person 
who's longing for more of God yet can acknowledge my ways and rhythms are not as they should be, as they could be, or even as I want them to be. And so I feel, I, I hear a call like God gave to his people when he says, you've been here long enough. Break camp and advance into the land that I promised. And I'm like, yes, that's what I need, Lord. So friends, I do wanna encourage you to reflect on these questions this week. I really do feel like that's the way that the Lord will speak to you about this issue that I feel like is one of our generation's largest hurdles to know how to handle. Would you pray with me? God, I pray over each and every person in here that, Lord, you would move in our hearts. That, Lord, you would speak to us and encourage us. That, Lord, even if we are way too busy, that you would just remind us, I thought of that and I have a way for you. God, thank you that you've created ways, you've created answers, you've created the things we need in order to in order to not only find rest for our souls, but to find health and spiritual transformation waiting right there with it. Maybe right now, even for you, you would just um, kind of enter into this moment as we're about to sing, just saying, Lord, what, is there anything you want to say to me right now? I'm, Lord, I have, I have ears to hear right now. Maybe even right now in your own heart, you would say, Lord, I have ears to hear right now. I want to hear from you. I wanna see what you have for me today. Perhaps you'll feel led to come and pray and to say, Lord, I wanna pray on this whole thing. I, I'm ready to not accept things as they are, but I want to step into new things with you. And so maybe you wanna come and pray today. Maybe you wanna come and pray with a, another brother, sister that's on our prayer team. That all is, can happen during this time of response. So Lord, we pray that as we respond to you in worship and in prayer, that Lord, we would have ears to hear. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.